Hello, and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We are so excited to bring you this show. Our podcast is all about unraveling all of your favorite mysteries from the Assassin's Creed games. Each episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Assassin's Creed universe. From pieces of Eden, solar flares, and the Isu, to the Hidden Ones, the Order of Ancients, and of course, the Animus, we will seek to uncover it all. So join us, and maybe even take a leap of faith. Welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Shelby. You might also know me as She Cup. I'm super excited to be here today, and I'm joined by my co-host for this show. And so I am Austin or Teacup. Yes, you are. So we are getting back into, after our patron chat last week, we are getting back into some more modern day assassin cells. Is that right? I believe that is right. We are Today, talking about Xavier's cell. And so this mainly comes from two comics. Basically, the comic uh, Trial by Fire and then Burning Suns. Okay. Um, And so this is an assassin cell that operates mainly in California. It is the first cell that we've talked about that has operated strictly in the U.S. There have been other cells that have been U.S.-based, but they've mainly been operating overseas with the Bloodstone unit, mainly in Vietnam, and then Gavin Banks spending a lot of time in Russia, in uh, in Norway, in Japan. So here's a question. Um, I kind of vaguely feel like both of the... At least for the Bloodstone unit, I feel like they spent a lot of time in like Texas on the East Coast. And I can't remember if that's the same for Gavin's cell. But would it be fair to say that this cell that we're talking about today, Xavier's cell, Xavier Chen's cell, is like the first one on the West Coast? Yes, for the most part, Uh, mainly because so Desmond, when Desmond and his team are in America, they're mainly in kind of the Boston that uh new england northeast area and then we have gavin is mainly in the same area because they're trying to draw attention away from desmond and his team for abstergo when they're there so yeah let's um get in and meet the team so first we obviously have uh xavier chen Little is known about uh, Xavier before he was an assassin. However, he did lead a mission that went very badly with everyone on that team except for himself being presumed dead. So just to clarify, this is before he creates his own cell. Yes. So this is a completely different situation, not including or not about the people that are in the cell we're talking about today. Yeah. This is just him leading a mission, not like leading a cell and directing where they go and how they do things. He was just leading a strike team mission. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question for this is how does he go from a 
failure as a commander on a mission to leading his own cell. We'll talk about that. All right. Our next uh, assassin that we're going to talk about is a returning that we have from our last episode. And so this is Galena Veronina. Uh, she was obviously a part of Gavin's bank cell, which we learned about recruited to be their enforcer. She is a Russian assassin, which we learned that she's re- initially recruited by Gavin Bakes before moving on to Gavin's team. And then separating when the team broke up and moved on. If you want more about that, go listen to last week's episode. She was actually raised by as an assassin with her twin sister. And she is a master assassin noted by both William Miles and Gavin Banks as one of the most skilled of the day. Okay, so first thing I have to say is that she was with Gavin Cell. And then went to Xavier's cell, correct? Correct. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I understood that correctly. So then the second thing I have to say is that it's really interesting to me that both William Miles and Gavin say that she's a master assassin. And so I guess my question is, why does she, or actually, does she stay at that level? Does she become a mentor assassin? Um, will we do a Galena character deep dive? Do we have enough information for that? We will likely not do a Galena character deep dive because her story is going to be covered in the remainder of the assassin cells. Gotcha. All right. Well, I won't Uh, make any assumptions yet (laughs) about what happens. Right. But she becomes the reason that she is a master assassin and noted by this is for her, her skills and notably her ruthlessness is what attracts her mainly to Gavin and to um, William. So Gavin ends up recruiting her, if you remember, because of Emmett's inability to break his pacifism vows. And Gavin is like, I need someone who's going to be the muscle of this team. And he finds Galena in Russia. And she's and, the one. Yeah. And then so William also notes her ruthfulness, ruthlessness uh, that she that attracts her to him, which is annoying from William's part. But I mean, it is a point of when Sean and Rebecca need backup in London hunting for the shroud with Berg on their tail. It is Galena who is sent to assist them. And that's a perfect tie into my my point about her is that it's interesting that she is regarded so highly and that your first word to describe her is ruthless. Um, and so for that reason, I feel like her and, you know, Charlotte De La Cruz, too, they are kind of the foils to Berg um, on the assassin side. Like it's it's the two of them. And then there's Berg. And actually, I feel like they all have a lot in common. Yes, um, Charlotte is another interesting case. Again, we will not do a Charlotte De La Cruz character deep dive because, again, we will cover most of her story in these assassin cells. Cool. And so, yeah, the next one is their tech, their tech guru, their Rebecca Crane of their team, which is Cody Adams. Like I said, he is the technician of the group. He maintains the animus, which he keeps with Rebecca's trend of nicknaming everything. And he calls it the Red Rider, which all I can think about is Red Rider BB gun. 
Yeah, same. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Yeah, <laughs> You'll sh- which is ironic, but we'll, uh, that's for a later episode. Uh, so, and then our last member, as you kind of alluded to earlier, is Charlotte De La Cruz. This is her recruitment into the Assassin Order. So she is recruited late in life as she's working for a banking group that is a kind of, it's not really a front for Abstergo, but they're tied in together because Abstergo owns everything. Uh, and so showing skill in Abstergo's entertainments helix system which is like their video game system that they are developing in assassin's creed black flag so there you go shelby what you're doing leads to the development of the helix system great and so she shows skill in there and because of her tendency like sean hastings to dig where they're not supposed to dig she discovers the assassin templar war and gets Involved when she's not supposed to and gets recruited by Galena and Xavier. And so she is similar to Desmond in a lot of ways in that she has a very impressive ancestry, including several major assassins from across the globe, aging from the American colonies to Haiti to India. Just a lot of area, though, ancient. She is Hispanic, and so she has ties into the ancient Mayan culture as well which we know kind of when colonial period time came, got heavily involved into the assassin order. And uh, she's very much a novice in this cell. She is really only there for the cell to be able to explore the memories of her specific ancestor, Thomas Strotter, who uh, is during the Salem witch trials. If you remember, dig way in the recesses of our episodes about the Salem witch trials. So if you want that story, you can get the story of the Salem witch trials and her story in the Trial by Fire comic. And so, yeah, that's the team. Do you have any overarching thoughts of the individuals? Yeah, I do. I think the first thing that sticks out to me is just how few of them there are. There's only four of them. That's really small. Yes, uh, this is the smallest cell that we have talked about. Uh, And like I said, I didn't actually finish all my fun facts. The other fun fact that I have is that several members of this cell do reappear in other cells. So we will really get to know them. So this is a cursory overview, but we'll really get to know them as we continue on. These are the characters we'll kind of stick with as we continue through the assassin cells. Gotcha. Well, the other thing that's really interesting to me, uh, and this, I guess, is specifically about Charlotte. And I know we've talked about her briefly before. And actually, I think multiple times she's been mentioned on episodes. But I just feel like she and I've never noticed this until you brought it up now. But I feel like what you're talking about, like she's concerned with her ancestors and exploring their memories it feels like she's maybe not quite as loyal to the cells and to the assassins as the rest of them are, which is, is maybe, I don't know if that's a fair assessment or not, but I think it's interesting um, to bring up because I feel like the others of this group are very dedicated to the assassins. Um, Definitely. uh, Galena is hundred percent like, she is on board for the assassins 
Um, if you remember when we talked about in Gavin Banks's cell, that her recruitment is actually her taking down her own mother and the entire Russian Brotherhood because yeah. they had been compromised in the creed. And so, right from the get go, I mean, we haven't really seen that kind of commitment to the creed since really Connor. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to buy into it 100% of the way. I think Aya does. Um, but I well, agree yeah. with you. I mean, you said since Connor, so and she's way after that. So, um, right, right. I just I always think of Aya and Bayek as given because they made it, and you're always gonna buy in, almost always gonna buy in almost a hundred percent to the things that you start and you create. See, I don't agree with that because I feel like, and I know this is a tangent, but oh well, um. I think Aya buys into it fully, completely, totally, 100%. But I don't think Bayek does. I I think he would have been happy to settle down with her and try to recreate the life they lost. I think that he goes along with the assassins because he does want to do right for the world, but also because Aya is passionate about it. Right. I mean, and it is, you haven't played this yet, but it is Bayek who creates the the tenant never harm the innocent that is Bayek's addition to the creed because he Ayas. knows right because he knows that Aya would not do that and I love right. her I love her but she's she's ruthless but to get back to this a little bit um yeah it, it was just an interesting kind of thing that I noticed that maybe Charlotte is not as dedicated to the assassins as the rest of the team, which can create an awkward dynamic among the group. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think it's more that Charlotte has a very black and white morality. And we'll kind of get into that as we go down into the, the stuff. But she has a very black and white morality and some of the aggressiveness specifically with uh, Galena unsettles her. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I just want to bring it up. Yeah. All right. Well, if that's all you've got, I think that was a good time for the break. All right, let's go to it. Shoot! Shoot a flying demon! Malaka! 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 I get the sense you two are ill fit for whatever it is you're plotting. <laughs> this one takes us for a fool, brother. We sons of Ragnar have this well under control. No, we do not. Sons of Ragnar. I know of many. But never have I heard of dull and duller. Hello and welcome to the middle of the show. This is where we talk about all the things that have to do with the Assassin's Creed lore cast and not necessarily the lore of Assassin's Creed. So the first thing that I have to tell you about is our Patreon. And more specifically that I want to thank our patrons. Thank you guys so much for supporting us and coming on our patron episode last week. It was a lot of fun creating and coming up with ideas for an Assassin's Creed TV show. So if you want to get in on our April patron chat, make sure you sign up at the link that's in the uh, episode description. You can also go to patreon.com slash AC Lorecast. And if you sign up at the $20 tier and up, you'll be eligible to join us next month month 
And then if you can't support us financially, we totally get that. We know that finances are hard for a lot of people, but there is a great new way to support us without using any of your well-earned money. And that is by leaving us comments and reviews on Spotify. Spotify just launched this feature and you can basically comment. Um, it's called Q&A on a, an episode specifically. So it's not over the whole podcast. But you can comment on specific episodes, give us your thoughts, leave us a review, whatever you want. And if you leave one that's, you know, a positive one, we will read it out on the show. And so these um, might get a little bit backed up. So just be patient with us if you've submitted one and we haven't read it out for a few weeks. Just like DM us, let us know, whatever, and we'll read it out um, hopefully on the next show. So I do have one to read today. And this one is just perfect timing uh, with what we're talking about today. And this one comes from MAD1459. And they said, a good episode as always, but Austin's pronunciation of Galena Voronina kills me every time, laughing emoji, which I will say, uh, we worked on it this time before the episode. <laughs> I like to add letters, syllables, entire sounds to words that aren't there, so... You really do. And, you know, pronunciation is hard for you and that, you know, it, it it just is what it is. And we do our best. We don't always get it right. So if we do make a mistake, always let us know. Yes. And with a lot of these languages, I am a native English speaker. And so I try my best with a lot of them. But if I get them wrong, I would really like to know how to say them because I don't want to go around remaining ignorant of how to say things. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. let us know. Absolutely. Um, and so I also have another review to read because this one is just a regular one from Apple. So we may end up having more than one review weekly, which is completely fine. But this one comes from Jacob M on apple and they said so happy i found this five stars i listen to podcasts all day while i'm working and i'm obsessed with assassin's creed i found this pod and i'm in love with it i need to catch up or i need to find all these books and comics so i can catch up on the lore austin is always referencing keep it up y'all thank you so much for that awesome review we will definitely keep it up and if you want some help finding it, uh, I find a lot of my comics at discount bookstores and they are relatively cheap, especially some of the older ones. Yeah, I, I bought three Assassin's Creed novels recently and for all three of them, it was not even $10. So for sure. Um, and then the last thing that I have to talk about is my playthrough, which uh, I might be a disappointment this week. I had a lot of updates last week, but I... So y'all know that I play Sims, right? <laughs> um, yes, Austin? There is no Sims. There is only Assassin's Creed. Well, to be fair, um, I do have mods in my Sims playthrough where I can give my Sims Assassin's Creed or Assassins or Templars tattoos, which I usually do give them at least one Assassin's tattoo. But anyway, so I play Sims. There was a huge update release last week, a new pack about infants, whatever. Y'all probably don't care. But anyway, I got really into Sims this past week. And so last Sunday I was like, Austin, while you play d and I'm not going to play Sims. I'm going to play Black Flag instead. And you were like, okay, 
I'll hold you to that. And you're like, don't play Sims. And I played Sims instead of Black Flag. And then on Monday, the same thing happened. And then on Wednesday or whatever day it was, I don't even remember. I sat down. I was like, okay, I'm going to play Black Flag so I can have some updates for my people, etc. I rage quit after 10 minutes <laughs> um, because I got into this location. I don't know how. I got into this location with a fort that I was just trying to go around and it kept attacking me and there was a storm and a thunder spout that kept following me and I died like three times and I just, it was frustrating. So I rage quit. Yeah, I was there <laughs> and verify it happened. <laughs> Tell them I wasn't overreacting. It was ridiculous. Um, you were not overreacting, though I did offer to help you, and you said no. <laughs> I don't like, I don't mean I don't want you to play the game for me. That defeats the purpose, you know. Right. But, you know, you can always, when you start those, you can always fast travel away. Like when you reload after sinking, you can always open the map and fast travel away. Yeah, I get that. Um... But when it you can't fast travel when it's storming. Or you can't you can't travel speed when it's storming. Correct. And the place that I was going, like I needed to go that direction. So I thought I could just drive by. I could not just drive by. Well, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll get back into it this week and hopefully next week I'll have some actual content updates for y'all. Hopefully, maybe. We'll see. All right. Well, let's get back into the content. Me, Haytham. I come in peace. Why are you speaking so slow? Sorry. What? Um, I, I was told you could train me. No. Go away. I'm not leaving. Yanka! Yanka! Is everything all right? What do you think? Look at this place. And poor Bianca. If something's happened to her. Aha! Oh, my darling. Thank God you're all right. Ezio, meet Bianca. Bianca, Ezio. Charmed. All right, so this group really only has one mission, which you could call them a cell or you could call them a strike team or whatever, but they are a cell because they operate solely under Xavier's instructions. So this is their one mission. In September of 2015, Xavier learns that Joseph, uh, Joseph Laurier is his name, was alive and had and had given away the location of a piece of Eden to the Templars. And he learned this because his ancestor was Jennifer Query, who was also alive during the Salem witch trials. And so they're hunting for this piece of Eden that is supposedly involved in the Salem witch trials. 
So through a secret message, uh, though a secret message from him to Xavier claimed that it was actually a ruse and intended to draw out a high-ranking Templar. And so Xavier and his team basically divided. They're very divided about this. They're divided over whether to trust Joseph or not. Naturally, Galena is very skeptical and believes that they should simply kill Joseph to cut the loose end and make sure that the Templars can't in. Uh, rather than risking assassin secrets leaking out. Xavier, reluctant to see Joseph as a traitor, decides they need to verify his claim before taking further action. So they decided that they need help. They can't do this alone. They need to know what they're doing. They need the ability to explore the past. And they're in San Diego at the moment. The, this is then that the team discovers Charlotte and that she had an assassin ancestor around the same time as Jennifer Query in the Salem Witch Trials, the ancestors that bound the Peace of Eden. So with Cody's help, they locate Charlotte de la Cruz, traveling to San Diego to recruit her. Xavier and Galena meeting with Charlotte, where they meet, they basically just show up to her apartment and be like, hey, want to join a cult? And... It is interrupted by Templars who have been tracking Charlotte because she's been poking around where she shouldn't poke around. And so a fight breaks out naturally because Galena is uh, shoot on shoot and ask questions never when it comes to Templars. And so the assassins eventually get victorious, but Charlotte is knocked unconscious. So she wakes Charlotte wakes up in the assassin's hideout located near the Salton Sea. Uh, Xavier introduces her to Cody and brought her up to speed basically regarding the cell's mission regarding Joseph. So Charlotte agrees and they put her into an animus and found that she had difficulty staying synchronized with her ruthless ancestor. Basically, like Thomas Strader is sitting there watching as the Salem witch trials are recording in like occurring and Charlotte basically tries to make him intervene. But we know from the animus that you can't make your ancestor do something they didn't do. So she's constantly getting desynced because she's like, Oh, but I could go over there and kill this guy. And then it's just like desynchronization. That's really interesting. And it's kind of the opposite problem, you know, where we die in the game and get desynchronized. And it's like, well, you're getting desynchronized because you're choosing to. But I also think this shows her immaturity and her her youth, really, because someone who has the ability to think at like a higher level and think through consequences and critical thinking skills are they're going to be able to know like okay i'm just going to get desynchronized if i do this and like screw up all my progress so it's not worth it to even try because it's impossible but she she right. is so arrogant enough and and not even arrogant in a bad way but like she is not thinking through the logical consequences of her actions and so she's she thinks she's invincible to the point that oh no that's not going to happen to me like i'll be the one right and so charlotte continues basically to struggle with this and this causes tension between xavier and galena uh with galena or with Xavier 
Xavier hanging on to the beliefs that Joseph was on their side and Galena being convinced that Xavier is being naive and they just need to kill Joseph and cut their losses and move on. And so Xavier was later informed by Cody that the Templar coming for Joseph was Didier Hawking, a memory hacking genius. So Galena, believing they had already wasted enough time and needed to go back to San Diego, forcibly disconnects Charlotte, leading to another argument with Xavier, which is basically kind of like, you know, there's the scene in Assassin's Creed 2 where Lucy and all of them are pulling Desmond out without him being desynchronized because they're like, you've spent too much time in there. You need to come out. Um, it's similar to that, except Galena is not as gentle as Rebecca saying like, hey, it's time to take a break. We're going to do this. Galena's like, get out. Let's go. So is this not dangerous for the person? <laughs> it It has to be. Like, there's no way that it's not dangerous because like, the animus before like the helix machine before like the vr goggles or even that is hooked up to your nervous system right right and and, and like a whole there's a whole plot line in origins that basically how you get the alternate uh perspective from aya is that what's her name layla um she basically discovers Aya in the place that she's in and syncs her up to the animus and basically like just jumps right in without giving it time to sync up. And the person that she's on the phone with or whatever is like, you can't do that. That's dangerous. Like you have to give it time to process and analyze everything. And she doesn't. And, you know, she gets in a world of hurt. But to me, it would make sense. Like if that's the case, forward thinking like if you have to let it take time to process before you put a new one in it would make sense that it would be the same for taking someone out too right um i think like with that situation it's less that layla's body needs time to process it it's more that the animus computer needs time to process it so it's similar to be like getting someone out is less less of an intrusive and an adaptation than getting someone in. So basically this leads to an argument and results in Xavier drawing a gun on threatening Galena, telling her that he would shoot her if she attempted to stop Charlotte from going back in. And that it's a whole argument where Xavier's like, I'm the leading leader of this team. I'm the one who makes shots um, to quote Tywin Lannister. Uh, anyone who must say I am the king is no true king. Similar to leader, if you have to assert that you are the leader, you're probably not leading. Yeah. It really feels to me like Galena is running the show. Right. Um, well, she's the she is the assassin with reputation right now. None of the others sure. have reputation. Mm -hmm. But Cody kind of comes in to be the peacemaker and he says that the animus can operate in the van. And so they could drive back to San Diego and Charlotte could be in the memory, which we know is possible because Desmond basically spent the entirety of dealing with his animus coma in a van. Right, but it wasn't really good for him. No. Uh, so Charlotte would continue reliving her ancestors' memories while they drove back to San Diego. 
Uh, though Galena remained convinced that Joseph was a traitor, Charlotte then wakes up from her animus session shortly before the cell arrived. She claimed that Joseph's ancestor, Jennifer Query, had not had, had died before seeing where the piece of Eden was. Meaning that Joseph couldn't tell the Templars where the piece of Eden was because he wouldn't know. And so he was on the assassin's side. Uh, you can learn more about the actual historical events that are happening there uh, on our episode on the Salem Witch Trials. I will note that it is important to note that there is no piece of Eden in the Salem Witch Trials. The thing that is happening, consciousness of consists reaching out through individuals. But there is no piece of Eden. Which so like the Templars and the Assassins basically find out there is no piece of Eden. Rather, it is an individual with pre-cognitive abilities. And that'll come out important later. So Xavier basically claiming that, oh, look, I'm right. Joseph is on our side. Uh, storms off and prepares to head out to save Joseph with Galena. Cody hacked the security camera of the Templar safe house, but accidentally stumbled on a file on Joseph. And this basically detailed Joseph's disappearance, that it was because of Xavier's failures on the mission that the team died and he was captured. And that he basically, he basically caused the death of Joseph's lover, Christian. This begins to be an issue, kind of like Angelina is like, Xavier, you're not thinking clearly on this, like, we have to go in and there's an argument and they go in to rescue Joseph anyway. So Charlotte continues reliving Strotter's memories after their departure and discovers that Joseph did know where the artifact was through David, Jennifer Query's son, who is the child in which Consus is communicating through. And so Xavier and Galena pass through a swimming pool in the in the headquarters. And they found Joseph shackled in a makeshift interrogation room. It is there where Joseph reveals his deception and attacks them. Xavier pushed Joseph into the pool, but Joseph ends up strangling Xavier to death with a chain that he held, uh, that held Joseph at the interrogation table. So Joseph basically prepares to finish Galena off. Uh, but Charlotte appears at the last minute to her defense. Joseph tried to, basically sway her to this side, uh, detonating a bomb to prove that he was still an assassin, though a rogue one. He claimed that the assassins had recruited Charlotte because she had precognitive powers, similar to the ones in the Salem Witch Trial, which means she had the ability to communicate with Consus. Abstergo burst into the room to kill Joseph, and Charlotte carried Galena out of the air vent. They came out of the maintenance room where Charlotte discovered she had accidentally killed an asthmatic employee she had bound and gagged to cover her intrusion. Uh, Charlotte loaded Galena into the van. Galena ordered Cody to inform Gavin uh, and request that he sends a team to Sa Salem. But Charlotte told them that it would be unnecessary in telling him, explaining she could tell from the powers Joseph had explained to her that there was no piece of Eden in Salem. Galena thanks Charlotte, but she was, but Charlotte ends up being dejected over Xavier's death and her thoughtless, thoughtlessness that had caused the death of Brad, the Abstergo employee who died from an asthma attack. 
The team then decides to move on with Galena being the leader, which we will cover in our next Assassin Cell episode. You okay there? That was a lot of everything. Mm-hmm. Just all the way around. So, okay, let's go back to the beginning. So, can you explain again who Joseph is to this cell? So, Joseph is a member of Xavier's first team that went sour. That was presumed dead. Okay, so the reason that they go to find him is this an actual mission that they were sent from like the mentor assassin or Gavin or William or whomever, or is this something that Xavier just wanted to do? It's unclear, but Xavier is the one who's calling the shots. And remember that assassin cells don't really have contact with them. So they are designed to operate and take down Templars in their field of expertise with reporting occasionally to the mentor. So Mm -hmm. odds are William and Gavin aren't really in cahoots, like keeping firm communication with them. Okay. So second thing is I don't want to hate on Xavier too much, but he was kind of a failure. He only had two missions and screwed the pooch on both of them. Right. Um, I think it had to do with a lot of Xavier was dealing with a lot of survival guilt. And mm-hmm. he he didn't want to believe that his actions had led not only to the capture, uh, not only to the death of a lot of his squad mates, but to the capture and turning of one of those, um, I think, was a big deal that he wanted to say. And so I think that was a lot of his motivation. Um, and he is trying desperately to atone for that. And he is blind to the trap that is laid in front of him. Yeah, absolutely agreed. But I think it's like this situation, though, is why it's so important for when you are a leader, regardless of whether you're the leader of an assassin cell or something in our world. This is why it's important for you to have people that will, you know, sit you down and say, hey, I think you're going down the wrong path. Or wouldn't it be more more uh, productive if we did this instead? Or hey, you're screwing up even to be that aggressive about it because we all do that. We all make mistakes and sometimes we need people to call us out on our bullshit. Um, But I think Xavier's problem is that he had that person in Galena. He just didn't listen or he was threatened by her um, and her leadership skills. I think it's kind of unclear about which one or both or how that kind of all broke down. Um, But it's a really unfortunate situation because I do think that if he had listened to Galena more, a lot of this could have been prevented and he might even be alive. Right. I think with Galena, it comes back to the thing of like with Xavier it needs someone who's not just going to be like, oh, we should just kill him because he's a risk. Like, for Xavier, he has to hold on to that hope that Joseph is still on their side. But Galena knows that it's better to risk that. But in for in Xavier's defense in this, like Galena did not probably read the situation of how to deal with him. Granted, they didn't find out the severity of the situation until it was too late. Galena probably, if she had known how personal this was to Xavier, 
she probably would have taken a different approach approach given that she made decisions to have to take down her own family. So I think there would have probably been a little more empathy for that if it had not been a last minute surprise thrust on them. Yes, I very much agree with that because like you can't sit there and say that that Galena doesn't know grief, doesn't know hard decisions. She's not just being a hard ass because she wants things done her way. No, she's being this way because she's been here before, because she's been in a very similar situation. And, you know, when you're dealing with things like this, when you have a person who's dealt with something very similar, they have a lot of wisdom to give. But Xavier didn't think like, he didn't really like try to lean on his team. He viewed his team as tools to get him what he wants, not partners to help him get the best result. Right. And he sees them as not a collaborative group where they're all pitching in and they're all helping and they're all kind of like one with each other. And they're all like, it's not a community based thing. He's the leader and they're there to do what he tells them to. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that's an effective way to lead a group of assassins, people who are all skilled at fighting, who are intelligent, who operate at a higher level of thinking. You can't lead them like they're just, you know, worker bees that you can boss around. That's never going to be effective. Right. So yeah, that's Xavier's self. We'll catch up back. We'll actually be taking a break for a little bit. So I'm going to leave you in suspense because we will be doing two character deep dives. But that's rude. But we'll get back into this in about two weeks. I know you just looked at who is next, but you're going to have to get over it. I'm so grumpy about it. And I'm going to leave this in for everybody to wonder who's coming next. Because they'll never be able to guess it. I'm so mad. I'm so mad right now. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, cool. Do you have anything else to talk about for this one? Nope. That's all I got. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. You can find us on Twitter at AC Lorecast. If you have any lore questions or topics to unpack, join our Cups Podcasting and More Discord server. It's the best place on the internet. You can also support us financially through our Patreon. Find us on patreon.com slash Assassin's Creed Lorecast. The Assassin's Creed Lorecast is part of the Robots Radio Network. For more information about the Robots Radio Network, join the Discord server via the link in our episode's description. If you enjoyed the show or learned something new today, please subscribe, leave us a review, and join the Patreon. And if you enjoyed our intro and outro music, make sure you give a big thank you to Pipe Man Studios. Thank you, Pipe Man. Thanks again for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. And always remember, Assassins, stay in the shadows to serve the light.
Ever wanted to be a content creator but had no clue where to begin? Come join me as I sit down with content creators that have already faced the challenges you're up against as they discuss the tips and tricks that help them be successful. Here on The Content Creator's Guide, available wherever podcasts can be found.